Praise God. Abraham has been given a promise that he will be the father of many nations. He's now very old and doesn't have any children. God makes a covenant with him and changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude. Before Abram has the first child, before Sarah ever conceives a child in her womb, God has to get Abraham to line up with the desire and the promise that he has for his life. So he changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. So that every time that somebody asks him, what's your name? He says, father of a multitude. Everyone, every time that somebody calls him, they say, father of a multitude, what do you need today? His servants would call him, father of a multitude, what shall we do? How shall we serve you today? He had everyone in agreement with the will of God for his life. He was speaking prophetically, and sometimes you just got to speak the promise of God over your life. There may not be any uh, signs of it. There may not be even a hint of it taking place, but you have to speak that. Amen. And as you do, as we said a few couple of weeks ago, and, and Pastor Rich uh, did part two of that, is to you have to speak prophetically into your future. Your world is framed by your words. And so if you don't like your today and you hate your yesterday, then just begin to speak to your tomorrow and declare what you desire to have in your life. Abraham had been barren for many years as Sarah was not able to give birth, but he began knowingly or unknowingly to agree with the plan of God for his life by changing his name from Abram to Abraham. And now he was speaking this life, uh, this life into his future that one day he would line up with the promise of God over his life. But after a few years of waiting, Miss Sarah, his wife, says that this promise just isn't going to happen through me. Getting too old for this, right? And, you know, there are some things in the Scripture. I, I tried to crawl up in the Scripture and, and put myself in that position and kind of relate to the story. But this is one of those, those stories I just hadn't figured out. Because I ain't never seen a woman tell her husband, just go over there and visit the neighbor. Amen. But somehow or another, Sarah got in her mind that I know what God has promised, but it just isn't going to happen through me. I know what God has said, but... Amen. And she says, well, just take Hagar and, and Abraham agrees to it and, and Ishmael is born. It seems that Abraham has accepted Ishmael as the promised son. Because here in our text, he says to God, he says, oh God, won't you bless Ishmael? And God says, 
I'm going to bless him, but he's not the covenant child. Amen. He tells him, God, God says to him, won't you might live before you? And God says, no, this is not what I had planned. This is not the promise that I had in mind. And Ishmael is now 13 years old and Abraham has connected with him. Of course he has because this is his son, right? And, and this is the one that, that he has produced. And yet his son, even though he is his son, he is not the son of promise. Before the promise comes, there will always be something that looks like the promise. Before the promise comes, about halfway through the process, the enemy will make sure to give you an opportunity to derail the promise of God over your life. There will be something that will look nice. There will be something that will look significantly like the promise, but is not the promise. And this is what happened here to Abraham. He, he goes and Sarah gives him this opportunity halfway through the promise that says he's almost there. He's 13 years away. He has lived all of his life looking for the promise, believing for the promise. And yet now, 13 years away from the promise coming to pass, he, he begins to sabotage what God has in mind for him and Sarah and the nation. And so here we look and we see that the promise that he had was over his life, but yet he takes something that looks like the promise. Have you ever in your life had a promise of God and, and somewhere in that journey it felt like this might be it and, and so you begin to take it only to the moment that you make that decision, the moment that you make that choice, you know you made the wrong choice. You know you made the wrong decision. Amen. You see, life, where we are today, is based upon choices we've made in the past. We can super spiritualize it all we want to, but the reality is that where we are today is what choices we've made in our past has determined where we are today. And the choices we make today will determine where we will be tomorrow. And Abraham makes a choice, he makes a decision, and I believe immediately he knew that the choice was wrong. But now he's trying to get God to bless what he created. And I believe that kind of sums up a lot of things that are going on in the world today. We, we have derailed, we have missed the mark, we have missed the, the opportunity that God has given to us, and we have settled for second best. We have settled for an Ishmael. We have settled for something that, that it, it may be a, a band-aid, it may be a feel-good, but it's not the blessing that God has intended for your life. And so we have settled for that counterfeit, if you will. And the enemy has come and, and he offers us this counterfeit that's half as good, but it's better than nothing. It, 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 it may not be the promise, but at least it won't be the same thing I've been doing for the last 40 years. Come on. It, it's a little bit of change. 
And so we take that change, we accept that counterfeit, and and we we say, well, God, but I want to tell you today that we have to understand that we have to know in our hearts that there are times in our lives that we may stumble, we may fall, we may make wrong choices and wrong decisions. But what I've always loved about this story is the fact that even though Abraham messed up, he took the bait, it did not cancel the promise of God over his life. Hallelujah. Abraham has taken responsibility for Ishmael. He is mistake, if you will. He has, he feeds him. He clothes him. He has to look at him every day. Have you ever done anything? And as I said, the moment you made that decision, you knew it was the wrong decision. And now you have to live with the consequences of the choice you've made. And every day the enemy shows up and he looks at you and taunts you over the mistake in your life. He tells you, you've done messed up and it's never coming back around to you. You might as well learn how to live with it, learn how to deal with it. But I want to tell you today that even though we stumble, even though we fall, even though we make wrong choices like Father Abraham, that God is faithful to us. And just because you've made wrong, wrong choice and one wrong decision does not nullify the promise of God for your your life. Oh, I thought I'd have more people happier than that for it because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have jacked up the promise of God over our life when our flesh has got in the way and we tried to make something happen out of season. But thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Thank God for a God of a second chance that says even though you fell short, even though you made a wrong decision, I'm the God that is able to take your past, turn it around, bring it into your future and prepare your promise for tomorrow. Hallelujah. The enemy wants to torment your mind with wrong choices, wrong decisions. He's the one talks you into it, talks that flesh into doing a thing and then taunts you for doing it to try to get you derailed and off track. Amen. Tells you over and over that it's never going to happen. You might as well give up because there's no hope. For it ever changing. Have you ever made a mistake and it felt like it's over? Felt like I can't come back from this. Felt like I've missed God somewhere in this process and I don't know where to find Him. Have you ever been in a place in your life? In your pursuit of God with all of your heart, you made wrong choices. And then as you did, you couldn't find your way back on track. Love God with all of your heart, but can't find him in your prayer. Can't find him in the word. Can't find him in worship. And the enemy's taunting you. Saying you missed it. It ain't never coming back. It'll never be like it was. You'll never see the promise fulfilled. 
You'll never see victory in your life. You made a mistake. But the good news is that God is a God of a second chance. Hallelujah. I said God is a God of a second chance. Amen. And just because Ishmael was in the house did not stop the promise from coming to the house. (laughs) I said just because Ishmael was in the house... It didn't stop the promise from coming to the house. Amen. Abraham was wanting God to bless what he had produced and was willing to settle for that and give up what God had promised. Ishmael is what Abraham was able to produce in the flesh. Amen. It's it's what he was able to produce, produce, will never be good enough. What your flesh is able to produce will never be good enough. Cain brought the produce. Are you with me? Cain brought the produce to God. What he was able to produce. And God said it's not good enough. But Abel brings a blood sacrifice which is used for covenant. And God accepts his sacrifice. Why? Because it wasn't what he was able to produce. It was what he was able to sacrifice to God. And he gave it unto the Lord. Amen. I want to bring a parallel here this morning and talk about the the parallel between Ishmael and the church. Ishmael represents what the flesh is able to produce. Because Abraham was able to produce Ishmael out of his flesh. But he was not the son of promise. And the the church today has been living off of what man is able to produce. Living off of the gifts and the talents of people. Until most churches don't know the difference between the talent of men and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we have living in an Ishmael blessing. We are living in this place of being blessed. Amen. But that God is not wanting us to just live in a place of blessing. He is wanting us to be covenant people. He is wanting us to have what he has always intended for us to have. Because I tell you today, your gifts and your talents can take you farther than what the anointing in your life is able to keep you. And when you do, you're going to fall. You're going to stumble. But I tell you today that when the anointing of the Holy Spirit gets on your gifts and gets on your talent, you will be able to do what the flesh cannot do. Amen. You'll be able, you can manipulate some people. You can cause them to do whatever you want them to do if you've got charisma and you've got gifts and talents. But I want to tell you that when the anointing of the Holy Spirit gets upon your life, amen, it'll be more than just manipulation. But burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed and the power and the presence of God will be real to change people's lives. Ishmael was blessed, but Isaac was in covenant. Covenant is better than blessing. Blessing is you get part of what the father has. The firstborn always got double. Walking with me? He was the first son of Abraham. He had got double blessing. 
because he was the firstborn. But whenever it came to Isaac, Isaac was covenant child. When you're blessed, you get part of what the father has. But when you're in covenant, everything the father has belongs to you. Hallelujah. You aren't just getting a little bit of it. You aren't just getting salvation. You aren't just getting healing or the baptism of the Holy you're, you're getting everything the Father has now belongs to you. Glory to God. And so what is taking place here is that God is wanting us to realize that we have been living in an Ishmael blessing when he, we are people not of just blessing, but we are people of covenant. And everything that Father God has ever had and created from the foundations of the world is available to you and I right now. You see, the enemy confused the prodigal son and caused him to leave the father's house looking for something he already had. He was looking for something better. He was looking for something more. And he settled for the blessing instead of living in covenant. He said, give me what's coming to me. And so he got the blessing of the father. But when he was in the house, he was under the covenant of the father. And what he didn't understand was everything the father had, all the servants, all the food, all the land, all the horses, all of the cattle, everything that father had belonged to him as well. And there was nothing that did not belong to him. But the enemy so confused his mind that he was willing to take a blessing now and walk out of covenant so he could enjoy his life the way he wanted to enjoy it instead of living under the guidelines of his father and enjoying the covenant of being in his father's house. Amen. And there's a lot of folk today. They want the blessing of the father. They want, they're satisfied with just coming to father God when they need something, when things have gone wrong. Can you fix it for me? They've tricked God. God is a Santa Claus. But I want to tell you, if you want to live in blessing, go ahead. Blessing is good. But I've chosen, I'm going to live in the covenant of Isaac. I'm going to stay in the Father's house because as long as I'm in his house, everything that belongs to him is now mine. Amen. Isaac is what God promised. Isaac was not what Abraham could produce. It was what the promise of God that brought it to pass through Abraham. The flesh produced the son of weeping and war. The promise produced the son of laughter and everlasting covenant. The last day church is not something that the flesh has produced. The church is the promise of the Father that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. We are not people that are just walking through this earth hoping someday to get to heaven. Let me tell you today and just submit to you, if there's no heaven in you, you're never going. 
you got to get some heaven on the inside of you before you'll ever get to where heaven is. And we've got to understand today, amen, that this is not a manipulate. I know that we have all kinds of flesh. All you got to do is turn on the TV. All you got to do is turn on the radio. All you got to do is look around you and you see parades of flesh everywhere that you look that calls itself the church. But when you know it's the church of the living God, is yokes being destroyed and our burdens being removed? Is there an anointing in the house that will destroy the yoke and remove the burden? If it's not there, then I want to tell you we've got to examine ourselves and say we've got to get back to a place where the, the Spirit of God is flowing, where that heaven is open over our lives. And when we worship Him, heaven comes into the earth and the kingdom of God is established within us. And we lay hands on the sick and they do recover. We cast out evil spirits in the name of Jesus. We declare the kingdom of God has come and the will of God is established. Why? Because we are in covenant with God and he backs up our word. Hallelujah. Amen. The church is the promise of the father. Not the place of showing off our gifts and talents. Not just experiencing, we use the gifts, we use the talents. Amen? But if they're not bringing glory and honor to God, the Bible says that men will see our good works and glorify the Father. Not glorify a man, not glorify people, but glorify the Father which is in heaven. Amen? I'm telling you that this last day church is built upon the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And not even the gates of hell shall prevail against it. Amen? We are people of covenant. Just like Abraham, God has given us a promise. But man gets tired of waiting on the promise and we start trying to produce it through the flesh. And we have produced an Ishmael, but it has not stopped the promise from coming to us. Amen. God said in this last day, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. All my servants and handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit and they'll prophesy in those days. He has given, we are people of promise today. We are people of covenant. Amen. And Acts, God gathered his church together and gave them a promise that I will in these last days pour out my spirit. Amen. And we have somewhere along the line been derailed and detoured and accepted an Ishmael blessing when there's an Isaac promise that is still over our head. Amen. And I tell you that when it, the Ishmael, the Isaac uh, promise and covenant is established within the church, amen, we're going to see that we can't have authority to dry up a region. Amen. And drug addiction and pornography and all kinds of sin, amen, will be annihilated and it will not be a strange 
foolish thing any longer for a person to come to the house of God and worship God. But it'll be strange if you don't. Why? Because he said, in these last days, I will pour out of my spirit. We've got a generation that don't know the power of God. Never seen a miracle. Never seen signs and wonders. But I'm here today to prophesy and tell you the day of the Lord is at hand. And we're going to see a return and an emergence of signs and wonders and miracles. And the power of God is going to fill the house of God. It's not going to be a parade of flesh, but it's going to be an Isaac covenant that is established in the earth. Like he said in this last day, and sick bodies are going to be healed. Amen. Spirits are going to be driven out. And the power of God is going to be real in the house of God and in the people of God. Hallelujah. But you see, these last days says, God, I will pour out my spirit. And we've tried a lot of things to manipulate it. Amen. But it's something only God can do. He uses us. But God's the one that does it. Some people feel like you've missed it and you're out of the game. But I believe in this hour, some people that's been out of the game is about to be put back in the game. And some folks that thought there was no way that I'll ever see the promise come, but I've come today with good news to you to tell you the Lord has sent me today with a word and tell you that even though you've missed it before, he's making an entrance way for you to get back on track and see the promise of God come to pass over your life. Some of you feel like, well, there's no way. But there was something come to my mind the other night while I was praying and I remembered when my grandfather, my grandmother lived with us at home. They lived with us most of the time that I was growing up. And uh, on uh, Friday nights, me and granddad would eat crackers and cheese and watch the fights. It was a spiritual moment. I loved watching the fights because you always had somebody that just was convinced they were going to win. Muhammad Ali was the best. He'd intimidate his opponents before he ever stepped in the ring. He'd look them eyeball to eyeball. He'd look at them and say, I'm going to get on you like ugly on an ape. When I'm finished with you, your mama's not going to know who you are. And he'd stare them down. He'd scare them to death before they ever got in the ring. I watched some fights uh, about a year or two ago, about probably two years ago, and they were interviewing him, and they said, you going to win? Well, I don't know. You know, he's a pretty good opponent. And I'm thinking, you're a sissy. You need to get with the program. If you don't think you're going to win, don't get, in, don't get in the ring. Come on, somebody. But along with that, I don't know why I told you all that, but along with that, we would play checkers. Granddad was always good. He always beat me. 
But one night, I had three checkers left. He had six checkers left. But I beat him. Maybe the only time I ever beat him, but I beat him that night. I remember it. It was the first time I ever beat him. You know how I beat him? Pastor, come and help me. I beat him because the three checkers I had made it all the way across the board. And whenever I got those three checkers all the way across the board, I said, King me. And at that moment, some checkers that were out of the game and said it was over got put back in to the game and we won. I just come to talk to some folk today on the sidelines that feel like that it's, you're out of the game. Feel like maybe, you know, I, I've accepted Ishmael and I, I can't never get Isaac, but I've come today by the Spirit of the Lord to tell you that even though you may be sitting on the sidelines, maybe you're out of the game this morning, that God is able to put you back into the game and not just go into the game, but win the game because His anointing, His favor, and His covenant is upon your life. Hallelujah. I don't know who I've come to talk to today, but I've come to talk to somebody. Probably haven't come to talk to everybody. Somebody's bored out of their head today. I'm not talking to you, but I've been sent to somebody that feels like, God, I've missed it. I don't know if I'm ever going to get back. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I love God. I love the Lord. But I just don't see the promise of God coming to pass. I don't see what he has said over my life, what he has spoken to me in times of prayer, times of his word, times of where are you, God? What's going on in my life? If that's how you feel today, feel like the enemy's taunting you about an Ishmael that has been produced in your life and telling you that an Isaac can never come, that I'm talking to you today. The Spirit of the Lord wants you to get back in the game and understand you're still in His covenant. None of us would be here this morning if it were dependent upon us being perfect after we got saved. But thank God for grace. Thank God for his mercy. So I want you to stand with me today. And if this word of God is finding you, we're not here to judge. We're not here to say, oh, what, what have they done? What, that ain't none of your business. It ain't nothing. We're, we're family here, and family don't talk about family. Come on. We're in covenant. And I want my brother blessed just like I want to be blessed. I want my sister to receive that covenant because in covenant, there's enough for everybody. 
When you think about blessing, I think, uh, you know, maybe I, I can have this mentality that I need to get all that I can because if I don't, then, then my brother is going to get some. And I might, may not be enough to go around. But whenever I'm in covenant with the God of the universe, that everything belongs to him. I realize there's enough for me and there's enough for my brother and there's enough for my sister and there's enough for everybody. Amen. To receive what they need from God. If the Spirit of the Lord is touching your heart today, some manner or some way, maybe today you're away from God. Maybe today you've drawn cold and indifferent with Him. Perhaps you love him with all your heart and you're doing everything you can to pursue him. But there's just that gnawing in your mind of an Ishmael that's been produced, a mistake in your life, and the enemy is taunting it with you with it. The only way to break it is to bring it to the father. When the prodigal son came home, he was returned back to covenant. He messed up. He went his way. He went his direction. And he had all of this stuff made up in his mind, what he's going to say. But the father wasn't even listening to that. He said, kill the fatted calf. Get a ring and put on his finger. Get my robe out of the closet. Put on him. Because my son that was lost is now found. He's back in covenant with me. Amen. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, touching you today, if the enemy is gnawing in your mind, put it to stop to it today. Come to the Father and allow Him to renew you and strengthen you and get you back on the course that you need to be to receive the covenant promise over your life. Amen. As Pastor Jamie sings, this word's for you. Come this morning.